Heavenly Father, please accept these offerings as a small token for many blessings you have given us. You have given us so many blessings, and we still expect more. We ask that you help us and direct these funds to do your work, not ours, and give you praise for it. Lord, we thank you and praise you for always being in our life and giving us the courage to praise your great name. In your son's name, amen. Thanks, Jim. At this time, we want to uh, dismiss the uh, uh, infants through third grade to the nursery. You guys can head on down. You'll be in the nursery. We just want to make sure, especially, probably going to have some extra babies in there. We're glad to see the Denicus, Denic, Denicus family here with, is it Braden and Braxton? Did I get that right? Where are you guys at? Braden and Braxton? Did I get it? I got it. Good. All right. So thank you, Roger Curry. Uh, he filled me in there. Hey, listen. Um, also, uh, Statisticians, 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 statisticians tell us that there are approximately 7.7 billion people on planet Earth. I don't know how they set out to count them, but statisticians tell us that there are 7.7 billion people on Earth. And then take a look at this guy. This guy, in 1929, this guy, Frigus, Frigus uh, Corinthi, Frigus Corinthi, uh, he is the guy that did the first studies on this whole idea of, have you ever heard this thing about uh, six degrees of separation, six degrees of separation, uh, where uh, everybody on planet Earth is just six people away from knowing somebody else, right? Have you heard of this thing? And uh, I think there's a, even a game about that, right? Who's the guy that they made the game about? Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation. Okay, and so that, what that means is, um, if we're six degrees, that means you're just six degrees, you're six people. So you know somebody that knows somebody, that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, that, that knows Bill Gates. You practically know him. You could probably get a loan, right? Um, that means you're, you're, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, that knows somebody that knows somebody. That you know Justin Bieber. Are you excited? Are you excited about that? And you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that you might not you might know Mr. Beast. You ever heard of Mr. Beast? He is the number one YouTuber in the world. How can you not be excited about that? How do you not know Mr. Beast? Holy cow. Uh, let me see. Um, you, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. That knows somebody. You practically know Aaron Rodgers. Anybody? Anybody cares? Nobody? Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Eric, hey, hey, Tim, you and I, yeah, yeah. Tim wants an Aaron Rodgers. And so, listen, you're so close. You're so close to knowing somebody really, really, really famous. But listen to this. In 2011, the New York Times, uh, they did some research, and uh, with social media platforms rising, and more people on, you know, Facebook, and Twitter, and TikTok, and, and uh, uh, so they're out there, and um, they have discovered, they did the research, and uh, the truth is that if you're on social media networks, you're no longer just six people away from being connected to somebody, but through social media, uh, according to the New York Times, you're only 4.2 people away from meeting that person that you really, 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 really want to know. Here's what I can tell you. When I, when I was a kid, when I, would a kid, when I was a kid, uh, if I would have met Evil Knievel. It would have changed my life. Write this down. If you are a follower of Jesus, 
Every person you know is just one step from a changed life. If you know Jesus, every person you know is just one step away from a changed life. Life change, life change. Life change does not mean that everything is going to be awesome. But life change means you have met the author and the perfecter and the creator of life, the giver of life, the sustainer of life, and the only one who can forgive you when you have made mistakes in life. The path to the best possible life that you have been designed to have by the creator of all things. Jesus can delete parts of your life and Jesus can add good things to your life. And if you know Jesus, everyone you know is just one step away from a changed life. Guess what Sunday this is? That was a hint. Anybody? Anybody? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. What took place on Palm Sunday a couple of thousand years ago? Palm Sunday a couple of thousand years ago. Uh, what takes place? Um, we remember the story. It's the story of the triumphal entry of Jesus, right? Jesus has been hanging out with his disciples and uh, for the past three years, and they have been watching him. Uh, he has been healing people. He's been making, uh, you know, the mute can speak, the blind can see, the deaf can hear. And, and just a little while ago, before this takes place, this Palm Sunday uh, kind of thing takes place, uh, the triumphal entry, uh, Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead, raised Lazarus from the dead. There were people that were following Jesus around that did not like Jesus. Jesus' power and his influence was growing, and he was threatening the religious establishment, and they had made it well known that they were looking for ways that they might kill Jesus. And so Jesus goes on the down low, and he begins to hide out. But then comes, we get closer to Palm Sunday, and Jesus is now going to make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And there are uh, people that are beginning to stir. And as we read uh, through the book of Matthew in chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, we start to see how this thing unfolds. It says, as they approached Jerusalem, that was Jesus and his disciples, and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her Colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut palm branches from the trees and spread them. On the road. That comes from a tradition, and we read about it in the book of Kings, where when a new king was going to be announced and make their way to the throne, the people would put their coats down and their palm branches down, and the people were declaring, This is our new king. And so they cut down the palm branches and they put them down. And the disciples, it says, verse 8, 
a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and they cut palm branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Verse 9, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city. Everybody say, the whole city. And when he arrived in Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, and everybody was asking, and the whole city, they were asking, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus was making his triumphal entry entry into the city, and everybody was asking, who is this? Jesus was introducing himself, if you will, for a first time to many, many people. Maybe they had heard, uh, there's some guy that's around here, and, and we heard he could heal people. We heard that he fed thousands of people. We heard that he, he brought this guy back from the dead. And maybe as people were coming in uh, to worship uh, and to uh, celebrate the Passover feast, they were coming from outlying uh, cities and communities and towns and making their way there. And all of a sudden, all of this stir is going on. And maybe for the very first time, there were people there that had seen Jesus. Being introduced. To Jesus. Everyone was talking about Jesus, even those who did not know him, and asking about this Jesus. For many, it was the first time they had met him. Do you know? who Joel Osteen is. You know who Joel Osteen is? Uh, Joel Osteen, uh, he is a, uh, he's the, uh, probably the, the, the most popular uh, preacher in America. And um, uh, he, his sermons, uh, his sermons uh, reach uh, over 7 million people every week. And uh, he, uh, Joel Osteen, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any of his sermons, I've watched several of them. And um, I don't agree with everything that Joel Osteen says, but his audience is, is tremendous. It's the biggest uh, audience for any preacher uh, in America, maybe even in, in the world, as he reaches millions and millions of people uh, every week. And I don't agree with everything that he says, but I have heard him describe it this way. Here's, here's what I know. When I listen to one of his sermons, they always make me happy. He's always upbeat, he's very energetic, and he's always talking about how good and awesome God is and that God can help you. And, and I believe all of those things are true. I don't believe with everything he says, but this is the description that I have heard of Joel Osteen that I really like. That in America, Joel Osteen is the handshake of God. He is the handshake of God. What's that mean? When we meet somebody for the very first time, when we hear of somebody or meet them for the very first time, or somebody introduces you to somebody for the very first time, how often does it go like this? Hey, this is so-and-so, this is my friend so-and-so, and you say, hi, glad to meet you, right? You stick out for a hand. It's the handshake, the handshake, the handshake, right? When you introduce yourself to somebody, you stick out your hand and you shake their hand. And what are the intentions, right? Uh, what is the thoughts that's going through your mind? Your hope is this person is going to become my friend. 
right? And uh, all of your guard is let down. Uh, you're meeting them for the first time. And the only thing you can think of is, can I remember their name? Can I remember their name? Can I remember their name, right? And, and, so, and so, you're, so you're saying hi to them. And uh, your hopes are they're going to be friends. Maybe later on you're going to go out to dinner and all those kind of things. It always doesn't work out that way, right? We know that. Not everybody becomes your best friend. But it starts all of the, probably the best friends that you have at some point in your life. You look back and you think, it started with a handshake. And so this idea that Joel Osteen is kind of the handshake of God, the handshake of God. I, I, like, I like that imagery. Write this down. If we know Jesus, we are to be the handshake of God wherever we go. God introduces himself through you. We have influence. We have influence. Jesus had influence, and we have influence. If you are a follower of Jesus, every person you know is just one step from a changed life. In the book of Luke, we read about a guy named Levi, Matthew. Matthew and Levi, same name, same guy, and uh, his nickname. And uh, we read about uh, when, um, uh, when Jesus had a uh, sort of a handshake, if you will, uh, with Matthew. And we learn that he has influence, and, and Jesus had influence, and then we also learn that, uh, that uh, Matthew had influence. And we read about this first time that they encounter one another in Luke chapter 5, verse 27. It says, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Jesus had influence. Jesus had influence. Verse 29. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. Matthew used his influence to invite his friends over to his house that they might meet Jesus. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Matthew, Matthew's life changed dramatically when he met Jesus. Even today, nobody likes a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. 
And uh, in the day that Matthew was a tax collector, uh, people would have to go to the little tax collection booth and, and they would uh, find out how much they would owe. And, and Matthew had the ability to look down and see that they owed $5 and he could look them right up in the eye and say, you owe six bucks. And he could put $5 over in the pile called Rome, and he could put $1 over here in the pile called me. And, uh, and he could do that. He could skim off of people. And, and people knew that the tax collectors would skim off of people. And so they really didn't like uh, the tax collectors. Not only that, uh, but uh, Matthew was a Jew, and he was working uh, for the Roman government. And so uh, the Roman government was oppressive to the Jews. And so he was uh, sort of working on the other guy's team. And so nobody really uh, liked uh, them. But his life changed when he encountered uh, Jesus... And he changed. And he paid people back, those people that he had taken from. Matthew changed. Matthew changed from being me, me, me to not me, but he. The whole focus of his life changed. When we get close to Jesus, life will be more about Jesus. Matthew was not perfect. He had lived a long time in his sin, but after he had met Jesus, he thought to himself, how can I be the handshake of God? How can I use my influence? And he did. And people's lives were changed. In conclusion, I want to talk about three ways to use your influence to be the handshake of God. Three ways to use your influence to be the handshake of God. One, connect people to current church programs. Connect people to current church Programs. Some of you guys actually like your dogs. Um, and uh, some of you know people that like dogs. And uh, some of you know people that might even be interested in teaching their dogs to be obedient, right? Dog trainers. Dog people out there? Any dog people out there? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody's admitting it. A couple of you admitting it, yeah? And uh, so I got, uh, I got a deal for you. Um, anyway, uh, we won't talk about my dog. But, um, and so, uh, and so uh, there's people out there, a lot of people like dogs, and people want their dogs to go to doggy obedience school, and they want to be able to do those things. Do you know, do you realize, the church here has a dog training school, right? Uh, there's a class here. Chris Evans kind of put this thing together. And so if you know people uh, that, uh, that like their dogs and they want to be a part of something like that, this gives you an opportunity to be... The handshake of God, right? And so connect people to the programs that are going on uh, all right right now. And so do you know that the church uh, currently sort of has an exercise class? There's an exercise class that's, that's going on. People like to exercise and they want to, and they, sometimes you want to do that with friends and be around them and build relationships. And so we have an opportunity to connect uh, people. There's a, a ladies' coffee that takes place uh, every month. And so uh, as far as I know, people like coffee. Right? And so, there's a duh, right? And so, why wouldn't it? And so, that goes on. There's going to be a, a men's breakfast that takes place on April 30th. And so, this is an opportunity to be the handshake of God and involve people and introduce people uh, to programs that are going on right here uh, at the church. 
Um, uh, this coming uh, Wednesday, uh, there's going to be a kids club open house. And so if your children attend Kids Club, we encourage you to attend the open house. It takes place the last hour of Kids Club from 4 to 5. And so when you're there, you get an opportunity to perhaps meet some of the other parents that you don't know, and you get to be the handshake of God. You get, to, you get to introduce yourself to them and you get to befriend them and you can invite them to be involved with the church. And so I just want to encourage you to be a part of that. So um, here's a, number two. Okay, number one, connect people to current church programs. Number two, volunteer. Volunteer. Volunteer at the church, for the church. Because when you volunteer at the church, for the church, uh, a lot of times, uh, if you're working in the nursery and there's somebody that comes in for the first time and they're looking for the nursery, you are one of the very first people that they will get to meet. And so you can volunteer there. So we're looking for nursery volunteers. We're looking for kids' church volunteers. Every week when we uh, release the kids to go down to kids' church, um, uh, we don't just find somebody off the street to kind of corral them for the time. There are actually, uh, there are lessons that have been prepared in advance and they're ready to meet your kids. But listen, uh, the number of people that are actually kids' church workers is small. They would like it to be larger because if there were more people that could be kids' church workers, then when you take your turn in there to be a part of that, you don't have to spend as many weeks in a row to do that. We can spread that out and, you know, many hands make light work and all of that kind of thing. And so we're looking for volunteers in them. Um, kids Club. We're looking for volunteers at Kids Club. We need help at Kids Club. We got all these kids that come in here, and uh, it's fun to be with them, uh, but it would sure be nice to know that there was enough staff that if somebody, one of our workers had a, a miss for a week, that there would be a, a substitute that could be there and be with them. But it requires work. It requires a sort of stepping up and saying, I'm going to give up my Sunday to be in the nursery. I'm not going to be able to hear that sermon. Oh, wait. I can watch that sermon later online. All of the sermons are there online. So you guys are wondering what you're going to do all afternoon. All of the sermons are available online. Yeah, so all right. Um, okay, listen to this. Um, there's a work day. There's a work day that's coming up this coming Saturday, and so there are some uh, hedges that need to be trimmed, and so we're looking for volunteers there. Uh, invite somebody. Invite, uh, find your, if you're hire a gardener, invite them to church next Saturday and ask them. And so um, but here's a, um, Georgia has asked me to make you aware that um, um, coming up next Sunday, Easter Sunday, I have uh, several uh, asks of you. First of all, uh, if you are one of the people that get here early next Sunday, Easter Sunday, would you be willing to just kind of drive right around here and park on the east side in the gravel parking lot? And that way, uh, for those people that come a little bit later and maybe they come uh, to be a part of the Easter egg hunt, uh, maybe you would be uh, willing to um, uh, park over here and make room for them. And uh, also, uh, if you are planning already to come and eat breakfast, would you be willing to come and be right there when the doors open and eat breakfast early? And then maybe as soon as you're done eating breakfast, maybe Georgia can put you to work to help scatter some of the eggs that are around uh, out on the property. And so those are some ways right there next week you can volunteer, park back here, get here early, park back here, get here early, eat early, and then go see Georgia and say, how can I help? And um, this week, give Georgia a call and tell her thank you for uh, the many things that she's done to get sort of that ready and say, how can I help you? So connect people to current church programs, uh, volunteer, and then number three, invite someone to Easter service next week. Invite someone 
to Easter service next week. I want to put a map up here and uh, take a look at this map. I put this map up as over a year ago, <clears throat> the first time. And this is uh, the red line that kind of goes uh, flying around there. The blue dot is the Riverdale School. The red dot is our church. And, and uh, that uh, red line around there, that is simply the, uh, uh, the Riverdale School District line. So when you go to their map, you can pull that up. Just as a point of reference, uh, what that is. And you can see that um, the, the population of people that's just right around here is uh, over 5,600 people. And uh, they're not all here this morning. Um, and uh, we would like them to be. Um, but if we know people, and, and you drive around, and you can see that there are other churches that people have put their, their sign in their front yard that says, you know, join us at church, at this church or that church, and pray for those people. When you go by, we want their friends to be in a good Bible-teaching church. We want them to know Jesus. But there are other people that you know and that I encounter that don't know Jesus. And we want those people to be introduced to Jesus. And so we want them to come and be here. If they don't know Jesus and they don't have a church home, we want to be the ones to be the handshake of God. So uh, this week we're going to send out uh, postcards and we're going to uh, invite uh, about 1,800 households. And so uh, that's, a, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And statistically, um, or when we invite those people, statistically, uh, there might be 20 people that come here next week just because they saw, uh, you know, 1,800 postcards. And if, that's, if there's three people in every household, you know, 4,500 people or something like that, I don't know what the number is, but that's a lot of people. And statistically, you're only going to get uh, maybe one, 1.5% of that. And so maybe there'll be 20 people. And so when you come next week, uh, there might be 20 people here that, that you just don't know and you've never seen before. There might be 20 people here that you've never seen before. And so I'm going to ask you right now to make a note. You've got your pen. You've got your bulletin. I want you to make sure that next week when you come to church, you have a pen for your bulletin. You make sure. And here's what I would like you to do next week. You're going to come, there's going to be someone that you don't know, and this is what I'd like to do, because I know most of you are like me. You have a very good forgetterer, right? And so just like I said before, you're going to meet people, and you're going to say, hi, I'm Steve, what's your name? And then they're going to say their name, and then you're going to say, oh, are you from around here? And then uh, if there was a quiz at that point, what's their name? It's gone. So would you be willing next week to do this? Would you be willing to say, Hi, what's your name? Wait, I'm going to write that down because I am really bad. I always forget people's names. Maybe I'm different that way than anybody else. But guess what? That person's probably going to say the same thing. Yeah, I can't remember people's names either. And then you say this. Can I, I'm just going to write that down. And then, hey, I want you to know I'm going to pray for you this week. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to church. I'm going to pray for you. And then would you be willing? Now tell me that's not being the handshake of God. I'm meeting you. I want to know your name. And I want to pray for you. And would you do that? Because that's what it is to introduce people to Jesus in the most comfortable environment that you and I can be in. Right? I mean, we're here. We're the people that know Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Think about these things. The people you meet are one step away from Jesus. Will you be 
the handshake of God? Will you invite and bring someone to church next week? Spin that around there for a little bit. Imagine, if you will, that you were on a cruise ship and you were enjoying your time and you're enjoying the buffet and you're enjoying the warm sunshine and the pool. And then all of a sudden, announcement comes over the intercom system to the entire ship that says, ladies and gentlemen, we have some very bad news. Uh, We have struck an iceberg. And our ship is going down. Please make your way to the lifeboats. And so you make your way over, and there's a big crowd, and you kind of are able to work your way into a place, and you get on a lifeboat, and the lifeboat is full, but you find that you are the person that is steering the lifeboat. And you can look over, and there in the distance, you see the shore. And so you begin to take that lifeboat over to the shore and you get to the shore and it's a beautiful beach and all of a sudden people start pouring out of this resort and they're helping you get out of the lifeboat and they pull you up into the resort and they pull you up in and you're standing around the pool and there again is a big buffet and people are dining and they're laughing and they're enjoying each other's company and they're pulling you in and they want to meet you and they want to know your name but... You turn around and you look out and you see the ship is not quite down yet and there are people still standing around the edge of the ship. You have a decision to make. Do I stay here and belly up to the buffet with everybody that I know? my new friends or do I get back in the boat and head out into deep water and find those that need to be picked up before they die and bring them to the place where Jesus is the church where Jesus is We are called by Christ in the book of Matthew. Go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I'll be with 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 you. As we extend the handshake of God that they might know Jesus. Which begs the question, do you know Jesus? Are you lost? Are you sinking? Or are you in the kingdom? And how do you know? Scripture is clear. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we are baptized into him we are given the Holy Spirit and it is a deposit marking as a seal that we are now in the kingdom of God we are in the family of God we are in the resort of the kingdom 
of God and we will be taken care of. If you've done that, you're in. The Bible says if you've not done that, maybe you're clinging to the rails of a sinking ship. And Jesus extends a hand and he wants you to let go of that and grab hold of him and make your way to be a part of his kingdom. If you've never been baptized into Christ, I'd like to sit down with you and talk about what it means to be baptized into Christ. That you can know that you are in the kingdom of Christ. If you know Jesus, tell somebody that you know Jesus. Be the handshake of God. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son that has removed our sin from us, that we are right before you. Father, motivate us to live the way you call us to live. We ask it in Jesus' name, and amen.